Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are you ready to brave the wild? With me, your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awarden. Brave the Wild is available on the sportstuff.com, iTunes, Stitcher, and Double Twist. Well, I'm happy to be back on board and all that, and a uh, nice, dark, and dreary Saturday morning. I guess it kind of uh, gives you an indication of how the Wild are doing right now. In a week, I predicted them to go 3-1. and one. Well, they kind of went like 1-3. and three. So yeah, the, all is right with the world, or something like that. Um, well, even if we went four and zero, it wouldn't be all right with the world. But yeah, well, it'd be better with wild fans anyway. But it isn't. Um, you know, it, gonna try to maybe come in with a little slightly different approach today than I have been. Um, not necessarily analyzing this play, that play. Oh wow, or anything, but more of just in general, like the situation here. It just it's it's depressing. Uh, the Wilds' uh, sudden lack of ability to score is alarming. It really is. Like, you look over the month of March, you get shut out by Columbus, you, you score, well, okay, we score three goals against San Jose on March the 5th. See, it's only the Sharks, practically, and then, okay, Florida, we score seven. That was crazy. But then, look at the rest of them. St. Louis, one goal, Mike Yo. Yeah, the first Yo-L is in the first loss to Mike Yo. Uh, and possibility does exist and persist. We were playing the St. Louis Blues in the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs, so... Yeah, that's a scenario that needs to, uh, if, if it happens, needs to be dealt with uh, quickly by the Wild because do not mess around with that one. Please, uh, the repercussions of that could be... Uh, <laughs> you lose to Tampa 4-1. to Yay, we beat Florida 7-4 to in a game where just it was an absolute mess by Florida, but an absolute, you know, it was a party for the Wild in terms of just... You know, getting back in the swing of things scoring, but still, look at this. Just one goal, zero Columbus, one St. Louis, one Tampa. And then it goes on for a long time. Only two goals against Chicago. Corey Crawford with his 99 million saves, and it was the effort of the ages by the Wild, but you still gave up four goals, though. you got to remember that. So it's not all Dubnik. Dubnik's not been very good anymore of late. He's been okay. He was good against the Sharks. He was adequate against Philly, adequate against the Rangers, but... And we're at his point now where Mr. Bruce Boudreaux won't rest Dubnik because he does not trust Kemper at all. Um, it's kind of sad when you think about that because you saw no Kemper against the Rangers or against Winnipeg in the Winnipeg situation. Mm, I don't know. You might as well have had Kemper in there. He gave up five goals in the flipping game, four of them quite early and often. So, yeah, two goals against Chicago, two goals against Washington, one goal against Eddie Lack and the Carolina Hurricanes. I keep wanting to say Panthers. I like the Hurricanes more. Screw the Panthers. I hate that team. Uh, New York Rangers. Oh, let's get rolling a little bit here. March the 18th, 3-2 loss to the New York Rangers in Excel Energy Center. I really thought the Wild were going to win this game. I really did. And, you know, this is a jam-packed division where you could have over 100 points, like right now, well before the, the end of the season, and be in the wild card spot. That's kind of weird. Um, <laughs> isn't that crazy? That's a good division. So when I made a comment on uh, the Minnesota Wild Hardcore, shout out to Jim Maddell out there, Jim and Sarah Maddell. Um, 
I made a comment on there, it's a good thing we're not in the Metropolitan Division, and I got a response of like, well, what's our record against them? Very checkered, uh, lots of losses, lots of wins. Early on, we were pretty dominant, you sweep Pittsburgh, you sweep Montreal, split with the Rangers, split with the Islanders, and it just kind of goes from there. You get swept by Columbus, that sucks, you, you know, you, now, we, now, we've, now we've split with Philadelphia, isn't that great? And we've already lost a care of frickin' Lina. Give the stupid version of English there, but you see Anti Ranta in there. Um, you know, I like the Wild's chances better against Lundquist. As great a goalie as Lundquist has been, he's not good anymore of late. He's kind of like Mike Richter. As remember how good Mike Richter was back in the day, like in the 90s, but by the early 2000s, it's like, why is he always the Olympic goalie? Like, why is he the guy? You know, he just it seemed like he gets beat all the time, just couldn't keep up with this, couldn't keep up with that. Maybe damaged goods, broken down, aging. And that's kind of what's been going on with uh, Mr. Lundquist, Henrik Lundquist. Uh, great career, great goalie, and he's the reason why the Rangers had a resurgence the last several years. Um, really always been impressed with the guy, but Antti Ranta's a little bit better right now. And Ranta's not a great goalie, but he's at minimum a uh, backstop, so to speak, for the New York Rangers. I mean, he's good enough as they go into the playoffs. Uh, Lundquist being evaluated on the verge of returning, so good, good for him, and hopefully he can regain some of that form. But, I mean, the Wilds shelled the guy earlier this season. And Ranta was very good the whole game. Um, though, at the same time, the, the Rangers' defense is very good. Just a very stymie type of defense. Blocking several shots. The Wild only got to 27 on goal in the game. Dubnik was adequate. You know, he, he was okay. He was better than he had been. Gave up three goals in the game and all that. But uh, nice to see Eric Stahl get the job done with a nice one-timer. You saw Dumba you know, jumping up on the play, scoring on the power play, and those are the only two goals for the Wild. Dumba also assisting with uh, Eric Stahl and Parisi Koivu also adding assists along the way. Hanzel, those are all guys that just desperately need points. Uh, Dumba's definitely been stepping up uh, offensively of late. Defensively, he's still a enigma, to say the least. Um, <laughs> that's about it, to be quite honest. Uh in my other analysis, when I talk about things here, and again, yes, the Rangers' defense was solid and all that, but it just seemed like the Wild just were not up for the challenge in this game, and it was really frustrating. And again, give the Rangers credit. They have over 100 points for a reason. They're a very good team. But I don't know. I mean, there was a time for quite a while I could have told you the Wild were a better team between these two clubs, and that's just not going on right now. It's just like the better team right now won the game. Um, Rangers' defense was great. Yeah, Matana, one of the best defensemen out there. Four blocks overall in the game, and it just is what it is. It's nice to see Dumba step up and score, but again, the defense still. You'll still see weird lack of weird mistakes, stuff like that. Martin Hansel, you're hearing talks about how ever since the trade for Hansel and White, Hansel and Gretel, yeah, it might as well be Hansel and Gretel. I mean, White's, I mean, Gretel might be better than White at this point for the Wild, and that's why he wasn't in the game, because he just sucks. And, you know, he saw the horrible mistake against the Chicago Blackhawks. I thought Ryan White was better than he has been for the Minnesota Wild. I mean, nice little start. You know, the old sugar high when you first come to a new team and you're real good. And then and then it's just like bada bing, bada boom. I mean, it's like, here we go, Matt Molson trade all over again. Trade up multiple second round picks, stuff like that. And down the bleeper we go. <sighs> it seemed like the only mid-season or mid to late season trade the Wild succeeded on was Jason Tominville, yet you ink him to a quadrillion dollar deal. And you're just kind of, you know, sitting here with the left holding the bag, even though Pominville had been playing very well. But at this point, after getting the mumps, just kind of like, bop, bop, ba-da. <laughs> exactly. See, that's the sound effect I was looking for. So, <laughs> yeah, it's just, um, that's kind of what the case has been. Thank you, mumps. Thank you, injuries. Thank you, Dubnik, for, I don't know what it is, if he's secretly hurt a little bit. I don't know. But, uh Kind of just a disappointing game. You thought the Wild could come back and get something done in this one, but it's like, again, you're trailing again. And they just cannot finish on scoring chances, the few they got in this game, because they didn't get a whole lot. I mean, they got some, and some of them were pretty good, but they couldn't finish, and that was kind of all she wrote. I mean, you know, you finally score early in the game, so you get all excited, and then it's three goals in a row for the Rangers. Dumba adding one again. With about, well, several minutes remaining in the in the third period. All these chances and the Wild can't get her done. Let's all move on. All adds up to a crock of bleep. You figure, okay, it's going to be Darcy Kemper in Winnipeg, right? March the 19th? No, it wasn't Darcy Kemper. And it might as well have been Darcy Kemper, like I said before. Because, again, four goals in a row. I mean, you're not going 
to win a hockey game falling behind 4 nothing. I mean, 1 nothing is one thing. You hope you can kind of get back in the swing of things. But 4 nothing? are you bleeping serious? I mean, <laughs> and you didn't see Mr. Uh, you did, this time you didn't see Boudreaux looking down the tunnel for Darcy Kemper. He just kind of left him in there, and that was all she wrote. I mean, five and a half minutes in the game, it's 2 nothing in Winnipeg. And th- these weren't good goals. I mean, they were all right. I mean, they're okay. I mean, defensive breakdowns aren't helping either. You get Dumbo. I mean, it's nice to be in front of the guy rather than trying to chase a guy in your own zone. I mean, what are you doing, Dumbo? Keep up with somebody once in a while. But he couldn't do that. Nice uh, retro jerseys by the Jets. I say keep those. They're actually older than the ones I grew up watching. Well, then again, yeah, because I didn't start watching hockey until about 1991-ish. So, again, that's a lot of experience. Even though, yeah, I was 12 years old already, but still, that's a lot of experience. Um... Winnipeg Jets, yeah, because they had the other ones that we saw for quite a while there before they moved to Phoenix. These are the really retro ones from like the 70s and 80s, really like those, the early half of the 80s. Um, Beautiful uniforms, nice to see it, and I wish they would stick with those instead of these new Labatt Blue-looking things, but you're seeing players fall down, you're seeing defensive breakdowns, and Dubnik just, I don't know, can't keep up with it. It's a combination of just pathetic defense and... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> mediocre to below average goaltending. Like, how are some of these going in? I mean, the Dustin Bufflin goal was disgusting. The third, the fourth goal of the game. I mean, how? How is that going in? <sighs> Just leaves you kind of uh, at a loss. Uh, you see Coyle finally end the drought, and that's nice. Kind of too little too late. Well, it, it wasn't really a drought anymore, but still, it's still, it's like a permit drought pretty much with Coyle. Yay. You know, ever since his 14th goal, woohoo. Uh, Parisi, Coyle... Working well together, actually. we got to credit that top line as the lines get shuffled. But I say keep this one together because it's doing well. Stahl, Coyle, Parisi. Coyle, of course, right. Uh, Parisi, left. And and absolutely the second line. You know, don't mess with it, even though it was messed with a little bit on occasion. Trying to get Parisi going or, or others. Uh, Mikhail Granlin, of course, uh, centered by Koivu. And then, of course, uh, Zucker, who's been very quiet of late. I mean, it's like he doesn't score anymore, and it's sad. Koivu hasn't scored a goal in forever, but he does get his assists still. Uh, wow, I can't believe brodine has got 17 assists. Granlin, 25 goals to lead the club. Beautiful on the power play, number 25 on the season. A fierce comeback by the Minnesota Wild in that second period. And you figure, well, well I guess we're going to be okay, because within 9 minutes, 9, 10 minutes, 10 minutes officially, the Wild score 4 goals. Coyle, Granlin, and then Stewart and Stewart. Kind of lucky at Stewart's uh, fourth goal, but hey, we'll take it. That fourth line working well together. They wouldn't see a whole lot of action in that Philadelphia game, particularly in the third period. But when you see the Wild make this furious comeback, and then you have the whole third period to go, you thought maybe we got a shot here to get this done. And, you know, it just didn't happen. The Wild could not seem to get anything past our buddy Hellebuck over there in uh, Winnipeg. Actually, it was Hutchinson. Pardon me. Hutchinson had already replaced Hellebuck. As I remember, uh, Hellebuck had given up the four goals. Hutchinson comes in. Yeah, that's why I was kind of... <laughs> Hutchinson had taken over, and he stopped everything that came his way. The Wild continued their furious rush and all that. But again, it's like Hutchinson's the best goalie in the world now, at least at this time. And the Wild would go home extremely frustrated, as you just cannot get the job done. Ah, Hellebuck. Excuse me, I keep calling him Hellebuck. It's Hutchinson just stretching out, stopping everything coming his way. And the frustration mounting for all of us here in wild country. Nice to see Gustav Olsson back back again, healthy, playing for the wild. He would add an assist later in the week here. But it seemed like nobody's scoring anymore. I mean, Stewart, it had been forever. He had been on 11 goals since I I don't even remember what month. I mean, it's like you want to look that one up, uh, be my guest. Uh, I'll probably pick it up during the break. Uh, Chris Stewart, my God, just, hmm. well, he has two goals, and, and we appreciate it very much. So, yeah, <laughs> we'll move on from that. I had a feeling the Wild were going to beat the San Jose Sharks, and they do. They swept them March the 21st, 3-2 to two game. It looked like the old Wild again. It really did. And just like back on March the 5th, it looked like the old Wild again because the Wild had already started struggling. Um, this team is in a temporal rift, you know. I mean, that's kind of the, the theme of this show, the temporal rift. Like in Star Trek, remember Star Trek, uh, the next generation, when the Enterprise kept blowing up? Now, this is the next generation, of course, you know, the early 90s, late 80s, best era for a lot of things there, video games especially, early 80s, and or late 80s, early 90s. Um, 
but yeah, they kept they were stuck in a temporal rift. It just maybe it would things would they try to change a couple of things and then it just blew up again. And they they don't realize they're in a temporal rift until it keeps happening, and they keep coming back and they say, "Why am I doing the exact same thing again? This is really strange." It was some kind of weird space time continuum temporal rift thing where the Enterprise kept crashing into another ship out of the out of nowhere who was also stuck in the rift. And that's kind of what the Wild have been doing the last four or five years here. And it looks like we're crashing into the other ship now in March. And it's really frustrating. Luckily, the Wild have built up enough equity that the playoffs are a guarantee. And home ice is extremely likely as we head into the postseason in the next couple of weeks. But, yeah, time to get out of this temporal rift. And, um, I mean, it's like, is it is it December? Is it January? It was like, it was December for a while. And then it became January. And then it was February, and that was the end of Mike Yo, and now here we are with Boudreaux, and now it's happening in March. I mean, wrap your head around that. Just bizarre. Uh, Dubba, again, now he gets his double-digit goal. See, you score the first goal of the game, okay, let's not make it like the Rangers, where that's the only goal we score pretty much for a while, or maybe only two for, you know, <laughs> the frustration continues to mount, but all players, this game was filled with players that desperately needed points, who hadn't been getting them for a long time, except for Eric Stahl, but hey, we'll take it on Dubba's power play goal fairly early in the game, about midway through the first period. But uh, Dubnik was Dubnik again. Patrick Marlowe and David Slomenko getting his, Slomenko getting only his third goal of the season, and Patrick Marlowe for the Western Conference champion San Jose Sharks, 24th goal of the season, unassisted late, very late in the second period. But then Dubnik would shut the door down the rest of the game, and thank God for that. Coyle, Hansel, both getting their 17th goal. There's number 17 again popping up everywhere. Kind of weird. Um, but Niederreiter, Pominville, getting uh, finally getting assists there. They're dying for points. Parisi to assist in the game. He's been playing much better, and it's great to see Parisi stepping up of late. Um, he, you know, he's not scoring like a ton of goals, but he's doing something, and that's nice. And he, he he would score against Philadelphia, but then that was it. I mean, yeah, well, that's, that's our final game review. Going to give a shout-out to Chris of Pugnology Podcast out there. Awesome. It's on YouTube, but also on iTunes. Look it up. Download, subscribe, uh, check it out. Again, I had a conversation with him a few weeks back, and uh, he, he plugs it often. And I thank you very much, Chris. I'm very more than happy to plug the show. I will be back on the show at some point. You know, my schedule is going to get worse with lawn cleanups coming up So in, in April. So lawn cleanups are going to really limit my availability to do podcasts, even my own, of course. So just giving you guys a heads up. But uh, Chris, though, thank you very much again for... Uh, being a good friend out there, really cool. He even <laughs> will even talk with him on Twitter a bit too. We got a little tiny bet about this game, and uh, looks like a bloody Valentine from Alesmith may be on its way. How about that? At some point, still need to give him my address though. He can't just mail it to thin air. So <laughs> I haven't even done that yet. I'm just goofy. Um, but yeah, uh, this was a fun game. It was a nice night. We all felt good and positive for a moment there. We knew, though, we just knew it wasn't all fixed with one game. But you hope and pray this is a building block to things going in the right direction. Because San Jose is an extremely good hockey team. I mean, they could win the Western Conference again. For the Wild to sweep the San Jose Sharks, that tells you something, you know, is working pretty good for us in that matchup at the very least. But then you come back the following night, and, you know, it's like it was in my head as I was previewing the games going in uh, on last show, the second segment. I just... Philadelphia reeked of a trap game. Like, I figured the Wild would beat the Sharks and then we'd lose to the Philadelphia uh, Flyers. But then but then I got all positive thinking, you know what? The Wild are going to win. They're going to win 3-2, to 3-1, to one, something like that. Philadelphia, though, it's like, you got to remember, they're extremely skilled. Their goaltending is decent and it looked a lot better in this one. It's, it's uh, crazy when you look at their record and how bad they've been for so long that they won 10 games earlier this season. Um, Parisi scoring late in that first period, and it was really exciting for all of us. Excuse me, very early in the first period. His 17th goal. There's number 17 again. How creepy is that? Olofsson with his third assist of the season. Great to see. And then Stahl again in that top line, doing a great job. Uh, third line has pretty much been Hansel, <clears throat> Niederreiter, and Pominville. And then you got the fourth line, of course, with uh, Eric Hall, Stewart, and, well, it's kind of been interchangeable. Eric Hall, Halla, pardon me, Hall, <laughs> Stewart, and of late it's been Schrader, of course. Uh, but you, you have others along the way like Greyvok and such. But Greyvok's back down in Iowa, which I guess it is what it is. And 
I don't think we're going to be seeing a whole lot of Ryan White because it's just he's not he's his defense isn't good. He's limited offensively anyway as it is. It's just I'm not a big fan of Ryan White, and I'm getting the vibe that Boudreau isn't either. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I like Strader. I thought he deserves to be out there on the ice. I mean, fourth line isn't asking a whole lot. So, and, you know, he's, he's got that speed and, and, and explosiveness. And, yeah, Ryan Wright and Grayabog are actually in the Winnipeg game. So I was just backtracking a little bit, just kind of messing around because I know the lineups, they tend, they change so much. Guys get scratched, guys get called up, guys get sent down. But Philadelphia up Schrader and San Jose. Yep, um, I'm happy with Schrader on the fourth line. I think he deserves to stay there. Ryan White, I'm not sure I want to see him much anymore. And that sucks because you gave up a first round pick and you gave up other uh, other picks too to get these guys. Uh, Hansel still deserves to be around and we'll we'll keep him and we'll keep him around as the third line center. So and you're going to have to you gave up a hell of a lot for him. Um Holla though. I mean it was kind of sad to see these guys get such limited minutes like none of them even got 10 minutes Schrader only 7 minutes Stewart nine, nine, uh, 658. Uh, Holla at least got 9 so he got a little teeny bit of action in the third line along the way, because Hansel's just, you know, he's okay. Niederreiter hasn't scored in, like, like three weeks. Ridiculous. It's been so frustrating. Zucker, remember all those exciting goals, and he, you know, it seems like he's always getting under people's skin, too. I don't know what's up with that, but, um, you know, you see him sliding and pumping that fist, you know, from the the uppercut. That's usually what you get from Zucker, and we haven't been seeing it anymore, and it's crazy. It's one of the reasons we're not winning. You're not seeing the one-timers from Koivu. You're not seeing the beautiful slide passes from Granlund and Zucker to each other or to Koivu or Koivu over to them. You're not seeing the same, whatever it is, the same timing on the plays. You're not seeing the same crispness of the passes. That's what's missing with this team right now. And this Philadelphia game was a huge example of it. I mean, one goal against the Philadelphia Flyers. And yeah, they got called out and all that. But this is this is bullcrap. I mean, really. Oh, and welcome back, Nick Schultz, too. By the way, he played like you know he played a trillion games with the Wild in the past. Koivu finally passed him in complete game and games played in Wild history. So Nick Schultz, second all time. Really, to be honest, a mediocre defenseman, but a great guy. Basically, you know, more like a, a nicer guy than a than an NHLer. We'll say. <laughs> Wayne Simmons had a goal disallowed in the game, so we appreciate that. But uh, Jacob Voracek, Sean Courier, and Matt Reed adding goals. Philadelphia would win 3-1. to one. Again, Parisi with a classic Parisi goal, getting very uh, getting up close off an Eric Stahl shot, and a nice finish by Parisi. We appreciate it deeply. It just sucks that nothing else, there was just nothing going the rest of the game. Just disappointing. Uh, Steve Mason, outstanding. Uh, he's, he's, he's been pretty solid for the Philadelphia Flyers, despite uh, up-and-down play during the course of the season. Sometimes they score goals, sometimes they don't. Steve Mason, I mean, his numbers aren't great, but he was certainly great in this particular evening. He's a veteran of this league now, almost 30. He's, he's still fairly young. I shouldn't say he's a major veteran, but he, he's been around a bit. Um, <clears throat> did a great job in this game, though, stopping 25, uh, 24 of 25 shots. The Wild just could not get anything going. Dubnik was good enough, to be quite frank, because the, far, the third goal for Philadelphia was an empty netter. Only two goals against for Dubnik, so... You know what? Dubnik is looking a little better the past couple of games, and hopefully this is something to build on. But overall, the fact that we couldn't get anything past Steve Mason after the first two minutes in the freaking game is just sickening. It's really frustrating. Mason just stopping every bounce, bouncing puck and every opportunity the Wild would get, rebounds, one-timers, whatever it was. If the puck's bouncing around, you hope maybe it can flip past his glove something or get, get through the legs, but nothing going. And Lord have mercy, it's just unbelievably frustrating. As the Wild lose three to one in Exo Energy Center to the well, a Philadelphia Flyers team that was irritated about being called out, and they look a, a lot better now. So good for them, at least for this moment. <laughs> Let's uh, end this segment and pass out the awards. It's kind of tough, man. Who do I give it to right now? I mean, I I already pretty much know who's going to get the MVP for the year. I think it's borderline obvious now. It's not Dubnik anymore, and it, it was earlier in the year, but we kind of have a good idea. Uh, I'm going to give it to Zach Carizzi and Eric Stahl, kind of like an honorable mention. And Granlin's always in the mix, but uh, Zach Carizzi had a really good week. I mean, he he was in the mix. He's he's looking like Zach Carizzi again, and we keep saying that, oh, he's Zach again. 
and then he goes and disappears. But it was mostly because he got sick, I got to think. But still, like, like, you lose your timing and all that. But still, you hope he can kind of get back at it before, like, two or three weeks, something like that. But, again, nice to see him playing like Zach again because he was before he got sick. Zach Parisi will get the Mike Madonna Award for the week. The James Stepard Memorial in, D- in general, it's like, you know, Dumba is like a Mike Madonna uh, award on offense defensively he's a freaking James Shepard so he's he's kind of like both going both directions there uh, neutral zone play has been terrible the inability to score you know who is it I mean it, you know you could give it to a lot of guys who haven't scored like Niederreiter and Zucker I'm going to give it to those two guys just invisible I mean at least Coyle's finally scoring again and Stahl who had been quiet for so long has been fantastic the past several weeks here uh, several weeks, fast few weeks. Parisi's been good. Pominville's kind of getting back in the mix after he'd been pretty bad. He was scratched earlier in the week, and he wasn't too happy about that. He got back in the uh, assist department at the very least, because he, you know, he's had a nice resurgence, uh, like like a nice re- uh, renaissance type of season. So Shepard is the Shepard Memorial is going to go to you know Niederreiter and Jason Soccer. They've just not been scoring at all, and Ryan Ryan White, without a doubt, is a James Shepard Memorial. He's just a bust of a player right now. Uh, total disappointment, and I don't think anybody wants him on the ice, so there it is. And I wanted to give it to Ryan White a couple of weeks ago for that horrible, stupid bonehead play against the Chicago Blackhawks, where he, he tripped a guy, was called for it, stops, raises his arms up like, oh, come on. And guess what? The whistle hadn't blown. It's just because the the Wild hadn't touched the puck yet. It's too, the play is still going, and Blackhawks score. Thank you very much, Ryan White. Thank you. Thank you. Um, genius. Brilliant. So, yeah, that's not going to anybody, uh, win anybody's respect doing something like that. So let's take a break. Let's preview four games. We're going to be playing Detroit on Sunday on NBC again. Hey, that's kind of cool. Hopefully it'll be as positive as it was last time. <laughs> Wild segment number two. Got to preview four games. I'll try to be a little bit more brief than I have been at these. Sometimes I drag these out, but well, it's fun conversation. We'll just see where this dra- where this goes, I suppose. Mikhail Granlund leading the way, ten points more than Eric Stahl, sixty six points. Just amazing when you look at that statistic. But let's talk about the Vancouver Canucks. Yes, sir. Saturday, March the twenty fifth. That day sounds awfully familiar. A well, it's not a nooner, but um, well, it's kind of getting there. Uh, yeah. Might as well be a nooner, right? 1 p.m. 1 p.m. Vancouver Canucks to Excel Energy Center. Let's have some Saturday uh, positivity here, guys, please. Can you please do that against the Vancouver Canucks? You know, they're below 500. We've had kind of a a back-and-forth deal with these boys this season. Uh, Well, please, let's beat them. You know, it's like I'm at a loss right here. Just please beat these guys. Ryan Miller's been the main goalie. You've had uh, Jacob Markstrom and no Eddie Lack, thank God. I mean, Eddie Lack is I just like the last guy I want to see right now. Because remember I talked about him last time around, like Eddie Lack with the Vancouver Canucks. It's like kind of like haunting me right now just thinking about it. Uh, I, I, I don't want to but don't want to play against Eddie Lack. Oh, keep him away. <laughs> Vancouver very much out of the mix. They've lost four out of the last five. Boston, Dallas, Edmonton beat Chicago in Chicago. Wait, what? Okay, uh, they beat Chicago in Chicago, yet they can't beat anybody else or something. I, I That's hockey. I mean, you know, that's like NCAA tournament right there. We're going to talk about that, too, in this segment when we talk about the prospects. NCAA hockey tournament. Oh, my God, I love it so much. I can't wait. Gopher's coming up very soon. Maybe by the time you've listened to this, it's over already, and you know the results, and I pray to God it's on the positive side against Notre Dame, the Notre Dame Fighting Irish, yes, Don Lucia, Mario Lucia, yeah, they both were there, so way to fall in father's footsteps, even though the father is the coach of the Gophers, doggone it, so anyhow, let's move on, let's talk about the Vancouver Canucks, it's been a 
seesaw battle. I suppose he had a 5-4 to four lo- uh, loss. Darcy Kemmerich just could not hang on to the puck. The Wild in Vancouver back and forth. They blew that game. I thought the Wild were going to win, and they did not. Darcy Kemper was awful. And then he had a 6-3 to three shellacking on Feb the 4th. That was back when the Wild were still playing fantastic. You didn't see signs of... of uh, decay with the like the wild have been going through of late uh granlin had that hat trick and i hurled those hats down to the ground i had so much fun that night dubnik wasn't great he gave up three goals but hat trick for mikhail granlin man the guy who's been the most viable player for the wild this year oh lord it's a fun matchup you know a lot of history between these clubs and we'll wrap up the season series today today march the 25th and um there it is <laughs> very cool let's wrap it up with a victory in excel energy center a eh? Let's just get it done. I mean, you beat Vancouver in Vancouver. They had, we had two games over there. The second one, of course, was the hat-trick deal. So we finally get a home game against these clubs. I say the Wild. This is a must-win game. Not because, oh my God, they have to win or the season's over. It's a psychological must-win game. You have to beat the Vancouver Canucks today. You have to beat the Vancouver Canucks today. <laughs> I'm getting worried. I just look at St. Louis. They beat Vancouver 4-1. to one. Mm. I'm telling you, I am telling you, San St. Louis and Calgary, I am just uh, freaking out right now. St. Louis and Calgary are both playing right now, too. That's kind of cool. Uh, Calgary looking great over there in the uh, Pacific Division. They're going to make the playoffs after their massive victory streak. Let's move on. Marcus Granlund, 19 goals in the year. Second on the team behind Bo Horvat, who I think is the most likely guy to score against the Wild. I wouldn't be surprised if Marcus Granlund got one in. 32 points. Younger brother of Mikhail Granlund, Louis Erickson, the old Wiley veteran, Boston Bruins. Dallas Stars not going so well. Most likely Ryan Wheeler will be in net. And if Jacob Markstrom's in net, so be it. Uh, 2.63 goals against average. Miller, 2.79. He's probably going to be the, the, the main goalie. But really, they're kind of interchangeable other than Ryan Miller has three shutouts on the year. I mean, you know, I mean, they're both pretty similar, I would have to say. Uh, Markstrom actually a little bit less snake bit with late goals and games and such and bad games here and there. But I think the Wild will win this game. I've got a feeling you're going to see some scoring. Uh, I'm going to go with a 4-3 to three victory for the Wild. Devin Dubnik will be a net. He'll give up three goals or maybe, uh, I don't know, or maybe it'll be 4-2. to two. I'm hoping for 4-2. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go with 4-2 to two because Dubnik has been playing a little bit better and I'm stepping out in good faith. This is kind of a hopeful thing, 4-2 to two victory for the Wild. Most likely got to score is Mikhail Gredlin. Yes, <laughs> just like he got a hat-trick against his brother last time around. Uh, Mikhail Gredlin will be the most likely guy to score. This is a very beatable team, and I do th- expect an offensive style for the Wild. I think they will come out scoring early and often. You see a 3-1 to loss to this Vancouver team, and I don't know what to tell you anymore, man. I mean, that's kind of like, what the what the bleep? I mean, is this team going to get swept in the first round by Mike freaking Yo or what? Uh, or the National Predators, Pierre Laviolette, guys like that, you know. Oh, God, help me. Philip Forsberg and the likes. Pekka Rene is going to shut us out every game, something like that. If we, you know, but no, I'm, I'm predicting a 4-2 to victory. I expect that between these two teams, the Wild will come out. So you'll see some offense. 4-2 to victory, more likely, most likely going to score. Me, Kyle Granlin. Let's keep moving along here. Let's keep moving. Detroit Red Wings on national television again. Hey, so a the longest playoff streak active in professional sports, the Detroit Red Wings is coming to an end. Eighth place in the Atlantic Division, three games below five hundred. It's it's over, Johnny. It's over, Johnny. Yep, and it, it's kind of sad, but it's kind of good too because we got sick and tired of staring at these sons of biscuits. And back in the day, in the eighties, the Detroit Red Wings sucked, but then ever since eighty nine till two thousand. Well, I mean, last year they were they were adequate. You could kind of tell they're going to lose in the first round to 2016. It's been a good run. I mean, you know what? I'm going to give them a <laughs> a seated ovation because you know I don't know if I'm going to. It's a good idea to stand in front of a microphone, but you can. But eh, I don't know. Um, Peter Mrazek Mrazek had some good games in the past. He had some good ones in the past against uh, well anybody, Wild or whoever. Still a prospect with Detroit. Still a chance to do something, but he's had an awful year. Detroit's just not the same team anymore. Uh, the star players are getting older. Henrik Zetterberg still at 60 points in the season. Very respectable run for him, leading the club at the center position. 45 assists. Thomas Vanek, will he actually be healthy this time? <laughs> 38 points on the year. It's just, it's Thomas Vanek. You know, he misses some games and he gets some goals. He gets some assists. 
it's Thomas Vanek. You know, you're never going to get a great game out of him. It's just not going to happen. Sorry to say. Um, I expect a victory here, too. I mean, this week, the Wild needs to take advantage of an icky schedule. Just like much earlier in the season when I said the Wild will take advantage of a weak schedule. I remember how they lost to Calgary, they lost to Vancouver, but then, then it started. And they started beating teams like Edmonton, which was nice. And then they just kind of kept going, beating teams like Arizona. And then it just went, like, it was just a blast off. And this team went on the run of ages. And, you know, it's going to take a good number of easier games for this team to do it, I think. It's just kind of like, you know, sometimes you got to hit a couple home runs down in AAA and then come back up to the major leagues and start cracking them home runs. Yes, a different sport. You get the idea, but a very similar analogy here. <clears throat> you got to start beating up on some of the mediocre teams, mediocre to below average teams, and then get get going. Get her moving. Stop screwing around. And that, that's the case. I mean, Jimmy Howard has missed so many games this year. He's a very good goalie, and that's one of the reasons the Detroit Red Wings have had a bad season. Just imagine if Howard was healthy. I think this club could be in the playoffs. Because in the 21 games he's been in, 19 of them starts, 1.91 goals against average. Just outstanding. And a save percentage over 93. Incredible. Um, no excuse, though. The Wild have got to win this game. They have got to win this game. I understand it's in Detroit, and it might be a little tougher, but it's an extremely winnable game. And, and the Wild used to do so well in these national games and Sundays and Tuesdays and Thursdays. It's so much fun. I enjoyed the hell out of it. Uh, I predict a Wild victory. I'm going to go again. I mean, I think you're going to see some scoring. You're going to see what you saw back in November, December especially, with this club. Not not as much November, but some November and mostly into December and January when you saw just win after win after win. We'll go with 3-2 to two victory for the Minnesota Wild in this one. Don't be surprised to see Thomas Tatar or somebody like that. <laughs> Hopefully Nyquist uh, doesn't uh, flip his stick up again, but we'll see. I wouldn't be surprised to see him score. That's just kind of how things go. It's always an awkward situation like that. It's always a guy where something took place not too long ago. He ends up scoring. Detroit's been playing a little better of late, but talk about easy schedules. Jeez. I mean, Colorado, they actually lost to them, and then they beat them, and they beat Arizona. They lost to Buffalo, yet they beat Montreal. That's hockey. That's all I can say. It's hockey. I mean, again, like NCAA tournament, you see teams like Holy Cross beat the Gophers in the first round. Or if teams like Air Force, Shellac, Western Michigan. I mean, whoa. Where'd that come from? But... Well, it, it happens. I mean, whatever. I mean, not that Western Michigan's that great. They weren't rowing the boat yesterday, unfortunately. So, uh, three to two victory for the Minnesota Wild. Most likely guy to score in this one is Zach Parisi. I think Parisi will keep playing well, and he usually does well against the Detroit Red Wings, and I expect him to do so again. Fun little game earlier this year where Murzak just had a hell of a time in a, in a bad way. Six to three. Couldn't believe Detroit got three goals, but it was like, it's just kind of a sloppy, messy game. It was just an over-the-top offense. I'm thinking more of a three to two, slow them down type of game this time. But the Wild coming out victors in Detroit, Michigan. Yeah, yes, sir. So we'll keep moving from this. And then we wrap things up with a much... Oh, no, we don't wrap anything up. We got we, we Well, we wrap things up with much tougher teams, Washington and Ottawa, as we head east. At least we stay home for the eastern teams. <laughs> we head east in terms of the schedule, but stay home for them. <sighs> I don't know. I, I don't know. Washington, Washington Capitals. Um, uh, man, I want the Wild to win this game, but I don't feel confident in it. I really don't. Wow, Washington Capitals, yep. They recently beat the Wild, they lost to Nashville, and then have beaten Tampa, Calgary, Columbus, and between now and then, they'll have played Arizona. Oh, goody. That's a nice little tune-up, but at least it'll come here. This game will be here Tuesday, March the 28th, a game that I really hope the Wild can win. Now, again, for the uh, Detroit game, I expect to see, well, you're going to see Kemper in that, I think, for one of those two, because you can't leave Dubnik in in every game. Um, so maybe if it's a Kemper game, we'll see 4-3 to three with Detroit, so I might move that up again. Because it's like, i, I got to remember, that's a back-to-back. You're not going to see Dubnik in both games. And even if you do, I don't think you'll be playing as well. So it's kind of, this is a tight schedule thanks to the bye week. Stupid decision by by Players Union and, and the owners and all that. Um, Holtby, best goalie in the league right now. Eight shutouts, 2.03 goals against average. About what we thought Dubnik was headed towards. And then you have a backup in Philip 
Grubrow, uh, I can't even say it, Gru, Grubauer, Grubauer, Philip Grubauer, pardon me, 2.10, 2.10 goals against average, 2.1 goals against average, save percentage the same as Holtby, three shutouts in the year, Lord, that is a good goalie tandem, and he's only gotten to start 16 games this season, uh, Grubauer, and still three shutouts, I mean, what a dream come true, just imagine if that was Darcy Kemper right now, uh, hmm. Uh, you got veterans, you have stars, you have up-and-comers, but mostly veterans and stars with the uh, Washington Capitals. Nicholas Backstrom leading the way, 56 assists, just outstanding, 78 points. Ovechkin with 29 points. Hard to believe he's not actually leading the team in goals because he had a huge uh, drought. TJ Oshie, Mr. Shootout King, at least in the Olympics. He's missed a number of games like he usually does, but 30 goals in the season, 51 points in 60 games. He's had a nice season with Washington. Um, he's been better since he left uh, St. Louis, though. I mean, St. Louis, it seemed like he was just overrated because he was capable of some highlight plays here and there. But um, And then the Olympics starred him because of that shootout goal. Like, shootout goals are going to really make a guy's career. I mean, it's one play, so, yeah. <laughs> it's one play, and then, then there's nobody guard, there's nobody defending you other than a goaltender, just one-on-one with a goalie. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I want to pick a win. I really do. But, mm, you know, it just, it really depends on how much momentum this team can build up with Vancouver Detroit, which I expect this team to win both. I don't care if it's back-to-back. I don't care if Darcy Kemper's in net for one of them or Dubnik's tired. Dubnik needs to rest. I say Kemper has got to play in one of those games and he has got to play well. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah, four to three win with Detroit. By the way, with Kemper in that, which is what I'm guessing is uh, what Boudreaux will do. Maybe you'll see Kemper today. I I don't know, but either way, <laughs> it's going to be what it's going to be. Um, uh, it, it, I'm probably I'd be coming off as a homer if I picked a win here, so I'm not going to. I can't I can't pick a win here. Three to two, three to two Washington. I don't think they're going to get four goals again. But again, you know, you're not going to get three on Oltby or, or Grubauer, even if Grubauer's in that. Grubauer is as good as Oltby. So I think the Wilds only get two goals in the game. Most likely got to score will be Eric Stahl. I'll go with Eric Stahl against the Washington Capitals. Most likely got to score in the game for the Wild. But, I mean, Backstrom, Ovechkin. Ovechkin will find a, he'll find a puck in the net again, I'm sure, and I won't be surprised if Oshie does, just because it seems like Oshie always seems to do something against the Wild. Ovechkin, though, it's like he's the guy that, you know, of course he ended his drought against us, and I think he'll score again. It's just the way it is. It's all, you know, it's like you have this photographic memory. You remember things happening from years ago, and it's kind of in my subconscious mind, kind of, you know. I remember things going a certain way from long ago. I don't remember if it's two years ago or three years ago or whatever, but Oji always scores uh, against the Wild. See, it's like I'm, I'm not even looking up statistics on that one because it's like, you know, you just kind of get a vibe coming in. It's more interesting that way, I think. I mean, you can look up statistics, and you're welcome to do that, and I, occasionally I will do that as well. But I, I just, you know, I'm getting a vibe here. 3-2 to two victory for Washington. Hopefully the Wild can squeak a point out. Maybe you get Dubnik and uh, Holdby in a, in a, in a goalie uh uh, a goaltender duo here, and the Wilds still squeak over a point. Then you have an Ovechkin or Oshie wrap things up in overtime, something like that. Um, I want the Wilds to get a point. I'm going to pick a regulation loss, though, but just uh, reserve the right to get a point in this game. But I don't think the Wilds come out with a victory. Ottawa Senators, you almost forgot they existed. Almost forgot. Who were the Ottawa Senators? And who's Hamburglar? What happened to him? Where's Hamburglar? I miss that guy. I liked him. Dang it. <laughs> I liked Andrew Hammond, man. It's been two years already, and boy, ever since he had that little drop-off during his magical little season, him and Dubnik were just ruling the league, and it looked like Minnesota-Ottawa Stanley Cup Finals, and it didn't even come close. They both, <laughs> Minnesota got to the second round, and we were pretty good still, but then Chicago did what they did, and we don't want to remember that, and Ottawa got beat in the first round. I forget who they played. Was it Montreal? Ah, dang it, I forgot. I forgot who it was. Mm. I think it was Montreal. And those two have had a fierce rivalry for many years. Uh, Mike Condon is the backup goalie. Craig Anderson leading the way for the Ottawa Senators. Actually, Condon, Condon, don't, yeah, let's not put an M there. Condon and Anderson, it's kind of been a platoon. Anderson actually has less games because he seems like he gets hurt all the time. But another one, another good goalie, Tanner. I mean, nine shutouts between these guys. Jeez. Washington's got 11. 
That's insane, man. Andrew Hammond has only been in a couple of games, and he's gotten shellacked. So if you see the Hamburglar in there, I think the Wild will win the game. <laughs> I hope they do, but no. Um, I expect to see Condon in there, but if Craig Anderson's in there, you know, he's shut out the Wild before, and I remember that, and it was frustrating, and he's capable of being very good. More than likely, Mike Condon will be the goalie, just because. Even though Anderson's actually had more success this year, better win-loss record, better goals against average save percentage, a little better. They're better off almost putting Anderson in there, but I don't know. Condon's kind of been their guy, and they're a playoff type of team. Despite the... Well, no, no, they're in the Atlantic Division, so they're in second place. They're going to have home ice at some point, so we'll leave things uh, we'll leave things as is there. Mike Hoffman, one of their best players. Kyle Turris is the guy leading them in scoring at this stage. Minnesota beat Ottawa way back on November the 13th, 2-1, to one, little low-scoring game when Dubnik... I believe it was a duel between Dumick and Anderson, if I remember correctly. Let's check quickly here. And, no, it was Kemper. Oh, my God. Kemper, yeah, that was like this. Ah, I remember it now. And Craig Anderson, I do remember this game. Now, Kemper was outstanding in the game. And Anderson was even better until the, the end when the Wilds squeaked it out into, into overtime. Dumba scored the goal. That's what it was. I didn't even see it. I didn't even see it. I just remember Dumba scoring. And, yep, now I'm seeing it. Yeah, uh, Kyle Torres scoring fairly early in that third period. Ryan Scooter, Suter scoring late in the first period. A short, a shorty. I remember that too very well. This was a fun little game. Not fun in terms of like, wow, skill and offense. It was the skill of the goaltenders. And uh, well, I mean, you saw scoring chances for both clubs in this game. So it wasn't a bad game. It was a very well goaltended game. Kemper stopping 35 of 36. So put him back in. Put him back in against Ottawa. See what happens, uh, Boudreaux. Let's see. But um, I'm guessing you're going to see Dubnik in there. And I'm sure I think it is going to be Craig Anderson again because he was outstanding. He's had great success against the Wild. That's just my prediction. Dion Phaneuf is on. Gosh, that, that guy is getting moved around a lot, isn't he? He got three up. He got moved around again now to Ottawa. He has 30 points on the season. Yeah. Remember Dion Phaneuf? <laughs> He's been all over the place. Eric Carlson, the official leading scorer for the club, with 67 points, 14 goals, or more, again, a playmaker, 53, the top-line center for a pretty good team who's got very good goaltending. They score goals, but their goaltending is bigger than their scoring. Right? In the past, it was their, their scoring was, was the reason why they were good, and their goaltending was average in the past. Um, boy, this is a tough one. Uh, this one is in the X, if I remember correct. Yep, this one's in the X because they won before. Yep, it was in Ottawa. Boy, Thursday, March the 30th, uh, I want to pick a win. You know, I, I'm i having a hell of a time, man, because is this team finally going to turn around? Like last week, I thought they were going to turn it around, and down they went. The Wilds should beat the Ottawa Senators. As good as the Senators are, and they're really good, by the way, and their goaltending is good. But then again, I mean, they lost three games in a row. Now they've won two games in a row. They beat Boston and Pittsburgh, kind of back and forth. Montreal, a hated rival there. They lost to Chicago 2-1, to well-played game. Uh, I'm going to pick a 3-2 to win for the Wild. Oh, boy, I'm, I'm nervous about this. Most, I'm nervous about it. Um, I expect a well-goaltended game again. What if, just imagine if they put Darcy Kemper back in there, but I doubt it. I don't think uh, Boudreaux has the confidence in Kemper at this stage. This was more of a back-to-back situation, and the Wild were just starting to play better at this point, and it was pretty cool. It was an impressive victory, and Ottawa wasn't as good back then either. I'll pick 3-2 to two win for the Wild in good faith, but reserves the right. I, I think this might go to overtime. Maybe Ottawa wins 3-2 to two or something like that, 2-1. to one. Lower scoring type of game, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if both teams come out with a point in this one is basically what I'm trying to lean at. This will be an extra period game. Somebody's going to come out with two. I'll pick Minnesota for now. The most likely guy to score against the Ottawa Senators will be... Uh, I'm going to go with a crazy one, and Eric Halla. I, I just got a feeling Eric Halla is going to score a rare goal against the Ottawa Senators. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can't pick... It's like, you want to pick Dumba again, and he has been playing well of late, so maybe, but uh, we'll leave that alone. I'm going to go with Eric Hall. i got a sneaky feeling, or even a Jordan Schrader type. It's going to be somebody like that that's going to be one of the heroes of the game. Maybe even the one in overtime, or late third period, or whatever it takes for the Wild to defeat the Ottawa Senators or tie the game up late, something like that. So... There it is. Minnesota wins three to two against the Ottawa Senators, which is probably a <laughs> probably probably a little bit too much faith, but I'm going to have it right now. I, I want to at least stay somewhat positive going into things here. So let's talk about the prospects. 
Let's start off with the Iowa Wild. Might as well. Uh, Samanas again scoring this week. Now he's at 12 goals. So, But again, man, Iowa struggling to score, at least in their most recent game. Of course, like we said earlier, Mario Lucia unable to uh, play anymore this season. Luke Cunning. Luke Cunning added to the team. Oh, I'm so happy. Yep, Luke Cunning added, and he played his first game last night against the Columbus Monsters, or Cleveland Monsters, pardon me, I don't know why I'm coming up with Columbus, but uh, very cool. Um, Alex Tuck, he's been healthy, he missed a couple games, but he's been back, and then Grayavok adding an assist this week, stuff like that, but nothing major, nobody had a huge game out there, mostly like kind of the lower end guys, like the Zach Mitchells and stuff, Christoph Verci adding a point. Now, Christoph Verci is a six-round pick a couple years ago, but still... He's kind of on the lower lines right now. He's a lower prospect. Gustav Olsson back and forth. He's now back down with the uh, Iowa Wild again. It's like I kind of forget where he is. Mike Riley added an assist, a couple assists this week. 24 points on the season now. Moving up. It's mostly been Riley and Anas. And, of course, the goaltending. Alex Tuck hasn't had a point in forever. And last night, uh, <clears throat> four shots on goal. Or actually, seven shots on goal by Luke Cunnan. Very cool. Wisconsin Badgers Luke Cunnan, who did score a goal last week. The Big Ten Championship game against Penn State went to overtime, just like the Gover game went to double overtime the night before. These guys are resilient, but Penn State with the win. Wisconsin out of the NCAA tournament. Cunning again did score a goal in the game, so good for him, and that's how a nice way to wrap up your uh, college career. At least just scored. Too bad they couldn't win the Big Ten and make the NCAA tournament. But that means more time for the Iowa Wild, as they have about 11 games left trying to make the postseason in the AHL. Wouldn't that be nice? Cunning with seven shots on goal in his first game. Pretty exciting, actually, to see Luke Cunning be as aggressive as he was, but unfortunately, no goals for him and the Iowa losing 5-1. to Samanos, again, the lone goal scorer in the game, but again, Cunning seven shots on goal. Very aggressive. Cool. Mike Riley, also seven shots on goal in the you know, power play attempts along the way. You saw both goalies in the game, too. <laughs> Crazy. To imagine that, as there was a huge struggle, Alex Daylock and Mahalik giving up a good number of goals in this one. Frustrating. Mahalik, not a good game for him. Three goals and pulled. Staylock adding two more in that one. An overall frustrating game. Too bad. You know, kind of a weak, <laughs> weak way to start your uh, pro career, but it's not his fault. They just didn't play well. And and a shutout by the Charlotte Checkers. See, Charlotte Checkers shut out the uh, Iowa Wild earlier as well. So, I mean, the offense has just not been there for Iowa of late, and it's extremely frustrating. They did have a 4-1 to victory against the Milwaukee Admirals. They were a lot better than us, actually, Iowa. I call them us because they are our team. Yeah, see, Gerald Mayhew, he had two goals. It's like guys you've never heard of, AJ Jenks. Jenks. I mean, you've, you've never heard of these guys, so none of the main prospects other than Anas and Riley adding points during the course of this week. Alex Tuck missed a couple games. He's back. Nothing going in the scoring department. So that wraps up Iowa for this stage. Um, Dmitry Sokolov, again, adding some more goals. He's now at 48 goals for OHL. Sudbury Wolves continuing to have awesome, an awesome career there. Had, a, had one goal. He had a one-goal game, a two-goal game, 48 total goals, 72 points, if I didn't mention that already. Would be nice to see more assists, but at least he got a couple the last few weeks. Too bad Sudbury's so bad, though. They're not, <laughs> they're, they're not going to make any playoffs, so that's unfortunate. Um, I wish Iowa's scoring would, would come up. It, it's sad. You have all these good prospects down there, and all of a sudden the scoring has just died. And I don't know. It doesn't help with uh, Mario Loschia being out, though. I've got to think he would be a, a boost in the offense. We'll see where Luke Cunning uh, gets his second game. That will be against the Cleveland Monsters again Sunday. Quick and Loans Arena. That sounds very familiar. Quick and Loans Arena. Yep, Cleveland, Ohio. Mm-hmm. 2 p.m. Sunday afternoon. Yep. Well, Luke Cunning, it's going to be cool to keep up with him. Uh, Mr. Jordan Greenway, as we look at the NCAA tournament. It's a fun way to wrap up the show talking about this. I love it so much. NCAA tournament. Jordan Greenway got an assist in the thrilling double overtime victory over North Dakota. I thought they lost the game, and then and then they won. <laughs> Boston University, that is. Jordan Greenway adding one assist, a 4-3 victory over North Dakota. How about that? North Dakota scored the goal, and the celebration began, and you figure just, okay, let's move on, turn this thing off, and just, let's, let's go check out Western Michigan and uh, Air Force as soon as that one comes on, and pissed off seeing North Dakota win, because I don't like them. I don't want them to win, the Fighting Hawks. Um... But then it was disallowed, offsides, just barely offsides, 
is the right call. And then Boston University wins the game. All right. <laughs> because the things had to go into double overtime. The game extended for quite a while there. Double overtime. North Dakota wins the sucker. Or excuse me, Boston University wins the game. And they advance to play Air Force. No, no, they will play Minnesota Duluth. Pardon me. That'll be an epic battle. Number two seed as Ohio State. Valiant, valiant effort. They were trailing 2 nothing for the longest time. 0-0 after the first period, and then Duluth added two goals, second period, nothing in the or the third period. Ohio State was able to tie things up. They had so many chances, so close, so close. One of them off the off the stanchion, the top of the post there, the the top post of the net. Heartbreaker. Oh, Ohio State, too bad, too bad they couldn't couldn't close the deal in overtime. Lots of chances. Duluth had the puck a lot, but then Ohio State would have some rushes and have some space. But they just could not finish the job. So heartbreaking. Carson Soucy not available. Avery Peterson, no points in the game. But still, you know, was out there. Was a factor. But no points for Avery Peterson. in Minnesota Duluth's 3-2 overtime victory. I think you're going to see a lot of OT going through this tournament. You're going to see a lot. You saw a ton of it in the uh, the uh, Big Ten and, 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 and other conferences out there. ECHC and all them. So uh, the Big East and all that. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it's going to be fun. I love the Frozen Four. I love the NCAA Division One hockey tournament. It's so fun. It's, I love it to death. Harvard just dominated Providence. That's the team that beat the Gophers in 1989. Last time they won the national championship. Uh, they haven't had a whole lot of tournament success, but I'm telling you, Harvard is, <laughs> I think Harvard is, you know, out of the big bracket, you know, the three and two so to speak, Minnesota's with Denver, one and four type of thing. That's like the big bracket where, like, one side goes to the championship, you know what I mean? Like, you get one, one of the, yeah, like the little brackets where it's four teams, one of them goes to the Frozen Four. I think Harvard is going to beat Minnesota Duluth, ultimately. I see Harvard beating Air Force and then Minnesota Duluth, but Air Force, sure, they shocked Western Michigan as a... Uh, P.J. Fleck, probably a little sad about that one. P.J. Fleck, the new Gophers football coach. I wouldn't be surprised if he was rooting on Michigan, <laughs> Western Michigan in that one. But, um, yep, they won't be rowing the boat there. Air Force, instead of rowing the boat, they are flying high with the Air Force. Isn't that a nice little anecdote? The uh, 2015 National Champion Providence, done. Um, 2016 National Champion North Dakota, done. 2014 National Champion Union, Yes, they will play Penn State. And will Penn State keep their run going? I wouldn't be surprised, but I would love to see Union get past Penn State and Denver just so the Gophers could hopefully have a crack at uh, playing Union in the uh, national championship game. <laughs> Jack Sadek has been scoring goals of late and getting assists. It's kind of surprising after he had like no points all season, more of a stay-at-home guy, and all of a sudden he's factoring in the scoring. Gophers against Notre Dame. Mario Lucia used to be there, isn't anymore. Not a whole lot of prospects remaining, mostly just Jack Sadek with the Gophers and then Susie, who's been out with Duluth, unfortunately. Um, would be nice to see him come back at some point in this tournament. And if Minnesota Duluth gets to the Frozen Four, you'll probably see Carson Soucy then against Harvard. And uh, Boston University and Minnesota Duluth later today, that's going to be a really good one, I got to think. Um, but I love keeping up with this. I hope Michigan Tech knocks Denver out. Wouldn't that be awesome? That'd be cool. I mean, remember in Michigan Tech, the Gophers used to just smoke them back in the day in, in, in the 90s, and Michigan Tech was just at the bottom every year. That was funny. Uh, can the Gophers get past Notre Dame and UMass Lowell or Cornell? A lot of people expect uh, UMass Lowell to be waiting for the Gophers should they survive uh, Notre Dame today. It's the NCAA tournament. Crazy things happen. Basketball and hockey. Crazy things happen. Teams get knocked out. Um, Ohio State almost took out Minnesota Duluth yesterday, and I kind of wish they did, actually. I'm sick of the Bulldogs now because they always beat the Gophers, and it's, it's frustrating, especially in, like, tournaments and such, as they knocked the Gophers out in 2015, a number three seed in the in the little bracket. It wasn't the big number. It wasn't a big seed. The Gophers getting a number one seed, surprisingly, but fourth out of the out of the, out of the the four. And, um, yeah, so we're number one in this little uh, uh, Manchester, New Hampshire bracket, Cincinnati, Ohio bracket, Denver, and then... Uh, Providence, Rhode Island. That was wow, and Providence got to got to be at home, but they couldn't beat Harvard. Harvard just rolled through them, and then North Dakota couldn't win at home either. Mm, I guess BU. A lot of ND fans at the game, and yeah, great to see that, I suppose. But now it's great to see them lose too. 
<laughs> the 2013 national champion uh, Yale, they're not around, so you're not seeing a whole lot. Boston University won in 2012 as they knocked the Gophers out of the Frozen Four, much to my chagrin. Not a whole lot of other information with the with this current group of prospects. You got the, you know, Erickson X team is done for the season. Solid, solid year for him. Yule Erickson X with uh, Sweden did not they, uh, they did not make the postseason. 16 points, 26 games. Not a whole lot of games played over there, but not bad. Eight goals, eight assists. Nick Boca, his season's over. Kirill Kaprizov, season's over. Alex Steska, you hear Stes, Steska, you hear a lot of positive things about him. And Kapu Kohonen, you're hearing even more positive things about him. So, very cool. Chase Lang has been playing with the Quad City Mallards, and he hasn't been scoring anymore. More of guys that you don't really hear about a whole lot. Though Sam Warning, I added another hat trick this past week. How about that? Sam Warning, that's another one I should mention before I sign off here. We're, we're nearing the hour point, but I had to mention that. I mean, very happy for Sam Warning. Uh, Chase Lang has added a couple points. I must have... Must have been sleeping on the job here with this one. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it's, like, it's it's harder to keep up with the ECHL. But uh, you do what you can. As the Quad City Mailers, they, yep, they won the game in overtime last night. That's one of the keys. Yep, the Comets for Wayne. Comets and Chase Lang. Yep, being a part of things along the way. Sam Warning adding another assist. Good for him. He's having a he's having a pretty good season down there. Would be nice to see him come up to the uh, the AHL. Yeah, he's had multiple hat tricks this season. Still twenty one goals. You'd think he'd have more goals, but it's kind of hot and cold with Sam Warning. Forty nine total points, leading the way with the Quad City Mallards. So good for him. And Chase Lang has six points. He's a sixth round pick in two thousand fourteen. So still very much a possibility. Chase Lang. You never know. You'll see, maybe you'll see him in a Wild jersey one day eventually. So that's kind of is what it is right now with the prospects. Fun to talk about the tournament and look around with the <laughs> the Quad City Mallers even here to wrap things up. I, ch- I check in with them usually, but sometimes it's like I lose track because it's like I- I'm so excited about the Iowa Wild and, you know, with uh, with uh, Kunin getting added and, and all that. Yep, there was a 5-2 game earlier this week against the uh, Wichita Thunder. And, yeah, 5-2 victory, and that's when Michael Parks, I don't know who that is too well, unfortunately had a <laughs> hat trick in the game. Adam Gilmore back down with Quad City again, adding an assist in that one. And Sam Warning, nothing going there. Mostly lower end, uh, lower end guys scoring in this game. So we'll leave that alone for now. And I just see Warning get another hat trick. And of course, Luke Cunning looking pretty aggressive, but Cleveland Monsters rolling over <laughs> Iowa last night, unfortunately. Quad City will be in the playoffs, but Iowa's going to be fighting for it. And Sudbury definitely will not be making it. We have already reached the hour point, so I better get moving here to uh, Twitter, at Brave the Wild, at Brave the Wild. Do check that out. Give it a follow if you could. I knew there were a couple of tweets here. I'd like to get to them here. Chris, the Chris, <laughs> at Chris JWS, of course, all one. Um, yep, he, he did a little bet with me about Coffee Bender, and I I'm, I, I just might send him Coffee Bender at some point anyway, but he's going to send me Ale Smith Bloody Valentine at some point. We'll be great. Thank you very much, Chris, of the Pugnology. He says, shameless plug for at Brave the Wild podcast, following the wild and cool enough to come chat with us. Follow him. Thank you so much, Chris, and uh, follow Chris as well. i got to give him a plug, too, and I should do that as soon as I can here, and, and I give him a lot of plugs here on air. He, he must listen to the show, so do give him a follow and check out the Pucknology podcast if you could. And I know there's a uh, a little bit of conversation with the Luke Cunnan signing on the Brave the Wild page. Brave the Wild forward slash, excuse me, facebook.com forward slash Brave the Wild dot Minnesota because Brave the Wild was taken for some stinking reason. Brave the Wild dot Minnesota after facebook.com. Benny Allen says, thank goodness he was hoping he would sign with us. And I don't know if these guys are kind of goofing around or what. <laughs> Stephen Morton Hedger says, so so was I. Don't know what we would have done without him. He slides the puck so well. What the hell? So true, Morton. I think they're just messing around. Benny Allen says, I, I like it when he slides it into the net. And Steve Morton says, not only, not the only thing, he likes to slide in the net, I hear. Oh, listen to this guy. Oh, boy. Well, oh, well, it's okay. <laughs> 
All the information will be in the show description. The phone line is 209-736-7877, 209-736-7877. It is a voicemail. Do treat it as such. Mention you're calling in for Brave the Wild. The statement, shout-out, comment, question, whatever it is. Keep it from one to three minutes. Then there's a the call now button on the Facebook page that I just mentioned. And that goes through Facebook Messenger to the same number. Treat it the exact same way as before. There's the audio submission route, which I encourage big time. I want you guys to please check that out if you could. Send your audio submission to me from your uh, smart device via like a a voice recorder on your smartphone, whatever it is, and email it to paladinolive at yahoo.com, paladinolive at yahoo.com. And there he goes. And i got to give a shout-out to Pavel, too. Pavel Bunier and Merrick Skyba. Also, another Facebook page. I didn't even shout-out to them earlier, and I apologize. Normally, I shout-out earlier, but just so distracted with so much stuff, so much thought process going on. So, <laughs> Merrick and, and uh, Pavel, I do apologize. Pavel and Merrick. The, uh, and, of course, this, I'll have a link to the Facebook page there, too. Facebook.com forward slash players players. Do check that out. MW players. Do check that out on Facebook. Give that a follow as well. Nice conversation. They cover everything Minnesota Wild, top to bottom, from all, all the way from Mikhail Granlin down to Chase Lang. You know what I'm saying? Down in the Quad City Mailer. Sam Warning. All the way, all the way, everything Minnesota Wild. Of course, the Minnesota Wild themselves are featured, but they cover all the prospects as well. You get to get to hear about Kirill Kaprizov, <laughs> Kapo Kahanen, guys like that. Alesh, Alesh Deska, guys like that. The goaltending future for this team that I think we're going to need sooner than later, the way things are going with Kemper. And I don't know how many people are too excited about Alex Daylock next year, but he probably will be the backup goalie. So this show dragging a little bit longer, but it's okay. I mean, lots of fun information. I'm, I'm enjoying it, and I hope you are as well. Do check out their page, and I'm really sorry I didn't shout out sooner to you guys. Uh, thank you very much, though. I've got to interact with that page a bit more this week. I hadn't posted anything on there, but they are kind enough to let me to post links to Brave the Wild on there. But again, I need to be more active. I thank them very much again for having me on board, being an admin on the page as well. Do a little editing here and there, but also I need to start posting more than I have been. So I apologize for that. Been busy with a crazy schedule, six, seven day weeks here. It sucks. So that's kind of what's been going on. Thank you again very much. Please do tell your friends about this show. Give a positive rating on iTunes or Stitcher, and I will thank you greatly here on air. Until next week, hopefully the Wild can stay healthy and keep winning. 